You're listening to the hottest conservative talk show in Highland Park, Opinion 8 with Natan Korotowski. Welcome, folks, to a new episode of Opinion 8. This is episode two of this podcast, the first conservative talk show in Highland Park radio history. Uh, so you're listening to Opinion 8 on WVHP, and I'm Natan. Uh, today I have a special guest, Mark. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on, Natan. Yes, I'm, I'm depriving Mark of his lunch period to debate him on Bernie Sanders and socialism. Uh, Mark is an avowed Bernie supporter. Uh, so naturally, I have to challenge that. Of course. Uh, so I guess my first question is, what do you like about Bernie Sanders? I like the future that he promises. I know that it would be very hard for him to deliver every one of his campaign promises, and I know it's very unlikely he'll deliver all of the promises. But considering our options right now, uh, Bernie, Hillary, or Trump, or even in the beginning when it was the cesspool of all the candidates, I still think Bernie promised the most promising future. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can accept that as a standpoint. I'm no Trump supporter, uh, certainly not a Hillary supporter. Uh, I supported Cruz. He just dropped out like a week ago. So, uh, you know, I, I can support uh, or I, I can understand the idea of supporting the only decent person, not not necessarily politician. But, you know, while I completely disagree with the vast majority of Bernie's views, I, I do think, you know, He's pretty much the only decent uh, guy in the two main parties running. Uh, so, you know, I really can't blame Democrats for flocking to him. But I, I want to understand his appeal more broadly. So is it, you know, what's your what's your biggest issue that Bernie kind of appeals to you with? Um, I, w I couldn't really categorize it into one issue. I think he covers all of them. But if I had to pick one, I would say college and the environment really does it for me okay so what so you like bernie sanders free college proposal uh, yes presumably because you don't want to accumulate tons of student debt uh just for going to college that's I also yeah, yeah. i want to be a doctor i want to go to med school so that's eight years of college and i can accumulate quite the amount of debt for that and i don't want to spend the majority of my adult life in debt because i want to be a doctor i think that if students, if young people want to ha want to become students and further their education, they should not go thousands of dollars into debt just so they can get a decent job. Okay, although you know the free college proposal sort of bugs me because it, it implies that anything can be free. You know, the thing is, uh, economists have have uh, projected that all these free programs that Bernie's proposing will amount to another $18 trillion in debt. So in the end, you know, you might be not, you might not be accumulating debt personally, but you're going to have a larger share of the national debt. I've heard of those reports, but I've also heard other economists who say that we would not acquire such a large debt. So honestly, all I can say is it's unknown what would happen because you have different economists with different points of views. I think the only way we could truly know what would happen is if we implemented it. And while it is a risk to take, I think it is a valid risk to take for because of what it's doing for the young people All right, or well, anyone trying to go to college. Yeah, that, that's understandable. And, you know, the $18 trillion, uh, you know, projection might be challenged by certain economists. But what we know is it's going to be expensive. It will be expensive. 
but the way I see it is we're using the tax dollars we acquire because no matter what, there will be taxes. The way I see it is we're using our taxes for a uh, worthwhile cause. Well, do you see this, you know, all this debt eventually, you know, all this debt piling on top of uh, more debt, uh, do you see that as an eventual economic problem? You know, uh, a lot of conservative economists have a problem with this because, you know, usually with massive debt comes really bad inflation, um, occasionally higher tax rates. Um, and, you know, if, if countries feel that the United States can't be trusted with paying back its debt, you know, and eventually it's, we're not going to be able to, it's going to surpass our GDP. Uh, well, they're going to stop lending to us and we won't be able to pay for anything. You know, we could even default and uh, we could end up into an economic catastrophe, uh, kind of like Greece. And, you know, once we reach that point, nobody's really going to be able to bail us out. I think that um, with the amount of jobs that would be created by students going to college, getting more advanced, high-paying jobs, I think that that would sort of really compensate for the amount of debt we're going into. The amount of jobs being created adds right back, sort of compensates. Okay, well, okay, so you know what? I'm just going to use this <laughs> as a, bless you, I'm, I'm going to use this as like a, a segue to talking about uh, jobs from a more general standpoint. So another thing I have a problem with is, you know, Bernie kind of glorifies taxes on the rich, uh, kind of demonizes the wealthy in this country, which is odd seeing that, you know, the wealthy are the job providers. Uh, the CEOs of corporations, you know, you can we can talk about them getting paid too much. I think, you know, maybe that is a legitimate issue. But, you know, the fact is that they provide the most jobs, specifically the oil and gas industry, which, you know, Bernie is... Uh, you know, a, as an environmentalist, Bernie has uh, really attacked. Well, um, we can get to the oil and gas a little later, but yeah. um, I don't think what he's trying to do is it. I see how many see how he's. I can see how many people view him as trying to demonize corporations as a whole, but he's not trying to demonize corporations as a whole, like the people who work in them, the lower downs. He's trying to say that the higher-ups, the bosses, the executives, they're too greedy in their salaries and they aren't paying their workers enough. So he's not trying to demonize corporations as a whole, just the greedy higher-ups. But I can totally understand how it seems like he's trying to demonize entire corporations. Okay, so so you mean he's trying to point out corruption in, uh, I don't know, somewhere in Wall Street? Yeah, pretty much. Well. You know, what I don't understand is, you know, this concept of social justice, of kind of, you know, implying that there's something wrong institutionally instead of pointing out the individuals responsible for the problem and, you know, prosecuting them. Well, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't agree with Bernie Sanders on every issue. There is no candidate that I don't think anyone would agree with on every issue. Um, but like I said, I... I side with him because I think he's the best of the bunch. I don't think Bernie Sanders is the end-all to all of our problems. I just think he is the best candidate because out of the current candidates, one of them will be the president. And I think that Bernie would be the best president candidate. All right, yeah, that's a, that's a fair answer. And, um, you know, um, I think you mentioned something about, uh, you know, you think the economy should have uh, higher-paying jobs and more jobs. So my question is, wouldn't you know raising the minimum wage, which Bernie supports, and um, <coughs> bless you, and um, uh, raising taxes on the wealthy, 
you know, go a long way to decrease the amount of jobs? Well, we've seen it um, in Seattle and California and New York where the minimum wage has been increased to $15. And so far, they have not seen a significant decrease in jobs. Not yet, anyways. So I think that right now from what we're seeing that um, it isn't it isn't taking jobs away so I'd like to see it expand in those cities and states and I think it looks promising all right well I mean I, I think here's where we probably have to agree to disagree like from the reports I've read um, Seattle which I think was the first of those three cities to implement a uh, $15 minimum wage they're, they're already losing jobs businesses are having to close down because you know they, they can't afford to pay for the cost of labor and yeah like you said i think that's where we have to agree to disagree because in the right. reports i've read it says that they've been doing the same and if not a little bit better okay well I, I wish we had our handy fact checker here um i i forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode but uh we have a new co-host uh henry uh, i'll introduce him next episode he, he wasn't able to come today but anyway um, you also mentioned you wanted to be a doctor, um, and you know what, I, I think that's something uh, you should aspire to be. Uh, the medical field is, you know, vastly, um, you know, underappreciated. I feel like, um, you know, my mom is a doctor, so I, I have a lot of sympathy for that field. Um, so I believe uh, Bernie Sanders uh, mentioned that he wants to, he doesn't want to repeal Obamacare. Um, he wants to... Uh, expand it and improve on it. I'm not sure specifically, you know, what he means by that, but, you know, the thing about socialized healthcare in general is, you know, the idea that everybody needs to be provided for is a noble one, but in the end, somebody needs to care for these people. So you're essentially forcing doctors to take care of people who can't afford to pay for their healthcare. Well, it would be paid for eventually by the government with the healthcare systems. Well, not by the government. It would be paid by the insurance companies. Uh, the what Bernie is proposing is single payer health care. Um, this isn't my strongest topic. I have to admit. I'm all right, all right. So you know, if you don't feel comfortable uh, discussing this specifically, you know, we can we can move on. If you want. Yeah, I'm not too well informed on this platform of the campaign. Like I said, I'm more focused on a college education of on free college and his environmental stance standpoints. Okay, and you know, college, uh, you know, uh, okay, let's talk about that a little more. So, um, you know, obviously I'm a student and I'm also worried about student debt, um, you know, when it comes to it. But another thing I'm worried about is government involvement in education. I don't really like uh, you know, public schools, fine, uh, but I don't like the, you know, what's happening on public universities and, you know, actually a lot of private universities, um, which is the professors and the students are becoming increasingly tilted toward the left and, you know, they don't really, they're not accepting toward opposing views. Uh, and, you know, I think making education free, increasing the government involvement in education will only serve to make that intolerance worse. <coughs> so you think that um, if the if uh, there were if there was more federal funding to um, colleges, then you think that there'd be more intolerance between 
different between the different parties? Um, well, not necessarily between different parties, but you know, the majority of professors are, you know, left leaning. I think like, you know, I'm not going to cite the statistic because I don't know where where my source is, but uh, a significant amount of professors are actually Marxists, um, and you know that would be fine. But the problem is. They can't help but implement that into their education, and you know their students uh, occasionally just accept uh, the professor's positions blindly, and even worse, they kind of discriminate against uh, conservatives on campus. Well, I'm not a college student, obviously, so I haven't seen this firsthand. But if that is true, then I think that's really on the teachers. They should be teaching without bias. Like, for example, I know here in Highland Park, social study teachers uh, don't particularly give their political opinions because they try to remain objective when teaching us. So I think that would really be on the professors in college to teach with objectivity rather than letting their political bias show. All right. So, I, I mean, I think this is probably I would I would mention tenure reform, but I think that would kind of be off topic. But y you know what? Do you support tenure reform? Tenure reform. Um, again, I'm not too well versed on this. Okay, never mind. Uh, I, I I'm not really sure what Bernie's position on that is anyway. So um, I guess my next question would be, um, what do you think of capitalism? Capitalism. I don't think capitalism is bad bad at all. I just think that we are currently in a state of runaway capitalism where um, people are being left out on the streets hungry and homeless and I think something needs to be done about that alright well you know um, I think it's interesting that you mentioned runaway capitalism so conservatives uh, call you know the brand of capitalism that's kind of merged with government intrusion into the free market economy and you know kind of all this you know all these bailouts and just kind of unnecessary, borderline corrupt uh, government uh, involvement as crony capitalism. Um, so what, what exactly do you think are the problems with, you know, with our economic system in recent years? Um, the minimum wage for one, I think. I think that 725 is not livable. Now, 15, that is a high number. I'd be open to it being somewhere around 10 or 12, but I think that it should be increased. Um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, medical leave. I think that's mm -hmm. another big issue. God forbid someone gets in an accident and they have to take a leave for three months. Um, they're just sitting there accumulating debt, not working, not getting paid. I think that's awful and something needs to be done about that maternity leave as well um, there needs to be paid maternity leave for people who decide they want to start a family um, I just think that our middle class isn't I think our middle class isn't receiving enough help help from the government the government okay well um, so I, you mentioned a lot of issues there I think I'm gonna start with minimum wage so generally um, <coughs> conservatives problem with minimum wage is uh, you know, I agree, 725 isn't livable, but, you know, the expectation is that, you know, the people working these kinds of jobs will mainly be college students and people who are just getting into the workforce. And, you know, eventually, uh, 
after some hard work and time, uh, you know, they'll be expected to uh, find a different job and, you know, start a career in something that pays better. And, you know, the problem with increasing the minimum wages, uh, labor is the most expensive cost for, you know, business owners, especially small business owners. And, you know, when it's more expensive to pay for someone with limited skills, um, employers are going to be less likely to hire those people. So fewer jobs, essentially. I understand that argument. Like, I myself, I'm a young person. I work a minimum wage job right now, and it's not a very skillful job by any means. But one thing I do see is students who are coming fresh out of college who have incredible college debt who do not have yet who do not yet have the experience necessary to get a job in the field they got their degree in. Um, they work lowly jobs like minimum wage jobs and it's just not livable off of when you're coming fresh out of college, being crushed by student loans, um, having other bills to pay, being fresh out of college. So I understand that argument. I just think that there are other cases than young people with minimum wage jobs. Okay. Um. So, you know, I guess my, my argument would be, um, wouldn't it be better to, for, for these kids to find any job, e even if it's not necessarily enough, and then, you know, hope to use that as a platform to find a, you know, a decent paying job than to just decreases their chances, than, than to just decrease their chances of finding a job at all? Yes, I, um... I do think that um, a job with minimum wage is better than no job, obviously, but I don't think that living paycheck to paycheck is, necessar is necessarily a good form of living either. I think that when you live with such a small minimum wage that, um, that it's just not easy and it's just not livable. So like I said, I don't necessarily think that it has to be 15 an hour. I don't agree with Sanders on every issue. I actually agree with uh, Secretary Clinton more on that issue, that it should be 12. But I do think that it should be raised to a more livable wage. Okay, so, so would you leave that up to, you know, individual states, or would you, you know, raise the federal minimum wage? Federal. Okay, so right now I think it's the federal minimum wage is 725. So I'd raise that to somewhere around 12. Okay, and um, I'm trying to remember uh, what else you mentioned about uh, capitalism. Uh, can you can you uh, um, medical leave and maternity leave? Right, right, right. So maternity leave is you know actually very <coughs> similar to you know the minimum wage issue, in that conservatives uh, feel like pregnant women are less likely to be hired if their employers know that they're going to have to give them leave. So instead of the government, you know mandating that employers have to give pregnant women leave, um, we should leave that up to the women themselves to, you know, talk to their employers. In a perfect world, I would accept that, but I just think that some employers, some business owners would not have it in their mind to give the, to give the uh, paid maternity leave. I think that I would love to think that all business owners would give paid maternity leave, but I just don't think it's within everyone to
to give that. So I think the only way to do it is by federally mandating it. Okay, I mean, you know, obviously not every business owner is going to be willing to pay uh, their employer for attorney leave, but, you know, the problem with mandating uh, maternity leave is uh, presumably employers will not really be inclined to uh, employ pregnant women because they're, they know they're going to have to, uh, they know they're not going to be able to work pretty soon and that they'll have to pay them anyway. I understand that, but the way I see it is at the same time, there needs to be a solution for the women who are pregnant and suit who have given birth and have a child. And while there is no perfect solution, I think this is the best solution. Okay. And um, I, I believe you mentioned one more thing. Medical leave. So Medical leave. Pretty much uh, the same yeah. thing as maternity I, leave. I guess I would make the same argument. Um, all right. Um, so I guess we can move past that. Uh, so could you define democratic socialism for me? That's, that's an issue Bernie Sanders brings up a lot. Democratic socialism. Um, to be honest, I couldn't give you a clear-cut definition. Uh, I know that from what I've heard in Bernie's speeches is that it's more of a check and balance system for capitalism, democratic socialism. It's not like the government takes everything and redistributes it. It's that the government provides for those who can't provide for themselves under a system of capitalism. Okay, so... You know, my problem with that is what exactly is, you know, what exactly is going to help these people in, you know, if, the, if certain people can't be helped by capitalism, uh, what, what can a democratic socialist economy do for them that a capitalist economy can't? For example, if somebody can't afford Medicare under capitalism, then the government gives it to them. Um, if somebody isn't making enough money in capitalism, the government would mandate that the minimum wage be raised. All right, so what do you mean by the if somebody can't afford Medicare? You mean like healthcare? Healthcare, yeah. Um, okay, so I guess this kind of, you know, w we already debated those topics uh, individually, so I guess, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, how about, how about you name some other advantages of... Uh, you know, a, a democratic socialist system versus a capitalist system? Honestly, I think wages is the biggest thing, the biggest advantage. Okay, and, you know, I, I guess we could continue talking about, you know, how the idea that increasing wages uh, will decrease jobs kind of worries conservatives, but, you know, I think I think you already understand that position, and we've, we've already talked about that. So... You know, I guess the bottom line is, um, what do you what do you prefer? Uh, more opportunity for more people, like you know, more jobs and more opportunity to lift yourself up out of a you know poorly paying job to a decent paying job, or do you favor you know the government just handing that money to people? In a perfect world, I would prefer for people to take opportunities, but we don't live in a perfect world and right now under our current system i don't think that reaching to to uh achieve to achieve better goals and 
get better opportunities. I don't think that right now it's as easy as it may seem. It's extremely difficult for people living in the inner city, for poor people to make opportunities, to find opportunities. So in a perfect world, I'd prefer, to people, I'd prefer people to make those opportunities themselves. But right now, I don't think that it's possible. All right. Well, you know, my my argument would be, it isn't the government. All right, uh, isn't the government uh, handing people, um, you know, essentially, essentially what they're doing is handing people money because they're mandating that employers have to give them that. But in the process, you know, again, uh, they're often making it harder to find a job. So isn't it better to provide that opportunity to people? You know. Forget about like a perfect system in any system. Isn't it better to um, for for people to have uh, a greater opportunity to lift <coughs> themselves to lift themselves up out of poverty? And you know, you you mentioned uh, inner city uh, communities and how it's very hard for those people to lift themselves up out of po poverty. So, you know, I think one of the reasons uh, it's extremely hard for you know poor minorities uh, in the inner cities to you know, make a decent living is because the government has created so many of these uh, job-killing um, laws and uh, mandates and, you know, these anti-small business measures. Well, as stated earlier, we have differing sources that tell us different information about what would happen if the, if the uh, minimum wage were raised. So you said that it would take away jobs, but from the studies I've seen, it hasn't. So according to the studies I've seen, increasing the minimum wage would help rebuild the middle class while not necessarily making it harder to find a job, according to the studies I've seen. Okay, well, I, I mean, you know, again, with this, like, with the problem of the inner cities, you know, I would point to, you know, you're aware that Detroit isn't doing so. Okay, everyone knows Detroit is basically just, well, I can't swear, but uh, <laughs> it's basically just, uh, you know, a hole of misery. And, uh, you know, that's actually a stark contrast to what it used to be in the 50s. It was actually, you know, Detroit had a sprawling auto industry. Um, and, you know, it was seen as one of the most prosperous cities in America. And, you know, since, since I believe like 1964 or something like that, um, you know, they haven't had a Republican mayor. And, uh, you know, there have been problems of corruption and, you know, all these government programs that have been implemented and have failed to the extreme. And, you know, essentially these people are, you know, caught in a, a cycle of entitlement where, you know, they're being provided. Uh, welfare and you know the unions have a ton of power there and you know as a result there are very few jobs and you know very few well-paying jobs well like you said corruption has run amok in detroit and i think that's a very big issue one big caveat to democratic socialism is that there is not much room at all for corruption so at the same time democratic socialism would work best when there is no corruption in the government okay and but you know there there is you know that that's kind of an impossible situation you can't you can't really uh 
you, you, there's no such thing as a perfect system. So I guess that just goes back to the original problem. Like you keep saying in a perfect system, I, I would, you know, believe this. But, you know, how about, how about just, you know, with reality as it is, where do you stand? With reality as it stands, I know it's a big risk, but I think that the payoff from the risk is worth it. Okay. So, you know, I think, I think where we agree, you know, where we disagree is kind of, uh, um, you know, with the exact statistics and the exact effects of minimum wage and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I think we can kind of, um, uh, I, I want to say we can stop there, but to be honest, I, I don't want this to end. So, but, uh, you know, then again, uh, I'm going to stop depriving you of your food. Uh, so, you know what, thank you guys for listening. We have a lot coming up. Um, next episode, I'll introduce our new co-host, Henry. Um, so, again, I'm Natan, and this is Opinionate on WVHP.